Give me a backbeat. Uh -huh. Hey there, welcome to Joyous Eclectic. How do you do? This is what we're talking about the music and things to get you all fancy. Springs! Yeah! What? What? Pick it up! Pick it up! <laughs> Cool. I'm a little lightheaded now. I feel like we don't need a theme song. I just here we go. Okay, we're going. It's happening. Good times. Hachi machi. Hey guys. Hey there, Justin McElroy. Oh no. Oh no. What? He says hachi machi all the time. My brother and my brother and me. One of the brothers says hachi machi a lot. I need to know more about my brother, my brother and me, because you guys reference it. No, only so good. It's so good. Only for the fact, if nothing else, that when you guys say something, I won't be like, "What's that from?" That's from my brother, my brother and me. And everybody was like, "Come on, Parker, you just what a doofus you are!" And I'm like, "That's always say that all the time." What a doofus you are! You know, not yeah, even just like turning into Gaston. <laughs> it is really good. We do turn into Gaston. It is really good, but also I think you would enjoy it because it's like yeah. a lot of their experiences and like the references that they make are all things that were popular when we were kids mm -hmm. too. Because I mean, Griffin I think is only like two years older than I am. What about oh Slither? yeah, yeah. How old is huh? he? Slither, Slither. Oh, or Raven, Raven Slither, Burp, and Burp. yeah, I get yeah, I get your Harry Potter joke. Well, uh, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> man, how good are those movies, though? <laughs> I did actually watch them all in the last year. Um, did you? We do like a movie group on Sunday nights. Oh yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, we, that was like the first series that we did. Oh cool. Yeah. Um, also, I haven't seen the all of them actually. You haven't seen all the all the Harry Potter movies? I had not until then. Dude, we're doing a Harry Potter uh, marathon no, I mean, party I, in October. I've seen them all now. Oh okay. Okay. I had Just not seen the them until we watched oh, okay. all of them this past okay. year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, uh, folks of mm. the you sort and other sort might notice that there's not a woman's voice uh, present. So last week, what my sister was here, about? and we were like, she hey, she's going to still be here next week. But we had uh, lo and some complicated things, family stuff come up on uh, the other side um, to where we had to end up bringing her to her next stop a little bit earlier. So uh, she and I had a good weekend hanging out and hung out with her friend John Hayden in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, so she's over that direction right now, but that means she's not able to be and on we all wish the her cast. the best. Yeah. So, but we had a great time while she was did here. Did you know what her so, second pick was? Yes, I did. Mm. And I'll it? bring it up uh, later, I guess. Ooh, I, don't, oh, yeah. I don't have the clips from it or anything, oh, okay. but I've got, um, I've got the like examples. No, it'll it'll build tension. It'll yeah. build suspense. Exactly. Yeah. Build suspension. Listen to suspension. the episode to yep. see what her fascinating picks were. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Well, and hey, uh, uh, real quick, everybody. Sometimes we mention it at the end, but I'm going to mention it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. If you could, uh, if you like this show, you should, we've got some reviews on Apple Podcasts mm -hmm. and iTunes and whatnot, but we have fewer reviews than we have listens every week. Yeah, so what's going on there, That means folks? there's some folks listening that enjoy it, but like it would be super great if you could also leave a review. Don't be shy. That would be helpful for you know other people to get to enjoy things that you listen to don't be ashamed of the things you yeah. love honestly don't be i mean super hipster <laughs> if you're like if you're, Chad, a, if you're an avid hey, podcast sorry, listener like i like i tend to be uh i i the review section on apple podcasts helps me a lot and mm. if i see that like what other people write it 
it definitely makes me want to listen to the show more. So your contribution and it helps in the ratings the and stuff yeah, like that too. It really Not does. that we're anywhere Just, close well, to no, any yeah. kind of rating. No, I'm sure no, we're number no. like 57 billion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's you know whatever. But every little bit helps. Yeah. Actually, we're around 46 billion right now. Oh, so we're doing moving pretty up all right. Moving up a little. Look at that. Um, I know everyone and their mother has a podcast now. So it's true. Yeah, but it does help. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you want to like share it on Facebook or something like that too, I know like anytime I see one person share on Facebook, it's like oh like 10 extra people happened to listen mm-hmm. to it like that's yep. neat <laughs> so, yeah that's pretty it's, neat it's pretty cool so that's share fun. it with your mom share it with your dad share, share it with your dad's actually, mom my share mom and dad have started to listen to the podcast <gasps> that's recently. Cool. Oh, hey, maybe not consistently but like they, it's cool well, because yeah, like it's yeah I, some friends of mine have started listening to it too and they'll just text me randomly in the middle yeah. of the day and be like dude what are you guys even talking about in this part <laughs> like, I, had a, I had a friend text so, me yeah, this yeah, other day he was listening to I think episode four where we were talking about video games and uh-huh. you brought up Hans Zimmer and uh, he had the uh, Steve Vai as a guitarist, but we couldn't remember his name. Steve Vai! Like, da, 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 da. It was in the movie score one. It wasn't Steve yeah. Vai, it was like Guthrie Govin or some oh, okay. crap like that. Yeah. It, it oh, was Steve like, Malmstein, because you did remember Guthrie it, Govin. It wasn't Ingve. It wasn't, yeah. it no, wasn't we were Ingve talking about that. Maybe it wasn't the same conversation, but I yeah. said Ingve yeah, Malmstein, and you were like, mm. no, it's not him. And then later you were like, I think it's it was Steve Vai. Yeah. But it wasn't uh, the dude that played with Hans yeah, Zimmer. Oh, it may have been like, well, because I know Steve Vai did the Halo soundtrack. I don't uh, know. That's what we were talking about. Okay, that's, okay, yeah, that's yeah, what that it was. was Steve Vai. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yep. <laughs> so your friends so listening anyway. to this one again. It's like, <laughs> guys, I know, you know, yep. you guys. No, same after, um, after one of the other episodes, uh, Ashley's cousin's husband, Kenny, uh, texted me and he was like, I like a couple various little corrections on like MF Doom actually isn't this kind of thing. It's actually more like blah 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 blah. And it was telling me more about. Uh, it. It's like check out these songs. I was like, thanks yeah. man, that's awesome. <laughs> thanks. Do you want to be on the show, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be fun to have him. But it was uh, yeah, it's just fun. And my mom uh, texted me. I don't know at some point after the week with Alyssa, and it was like, wait, Parker. Did you get your nose pierced? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just because you awesome. know that yeah, you yeah. mentioned it in the thing, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I did." Uh, <laughs> Correct. Love you, mom. How's that doing, by the way? Is it, uh, are you, is it more like less noticeable now? Uh, yeah. It, so I, uh, you know, have been putting this like stuff I was supposed to put stuff. on it the whole time, and then but packed up to go bring my sister to Charlottesville, so I was gone. Also, I drove eight hours straight yesterday by myself which is the longest i've ever done by myself from charlottesville to here from charlottesville to here i stopped for um some mcdonald's english muffin and then also stopped to get gas and that's it which like i maybe should be drinking more water (laughs) because i didn't stop to pee at all yeah but that's the thing i can't drink water on road trips i can't drink it all on road trips because i i will have to stop to be partially because it's illegal to drink (laughs) it's it's an alcohol drink yeah (laughs) (laughs) duis um but yeah so i did that that funny but i I totally forgot the stuff to clean it with um, which also i've had poison ivy this whole weekend and still have it and went to the doctor for it today and it looks like butts it's awful it looks pretty looks like you just got a big old butt growing out your arm (laughs) so uh yeah but i forgot to bring my nose cleaning stuff and it's been fine the whole weekend so that's cool Cool. i guess it's like you know more or less healed up and but i'll keep cleaning and things they always tell you to to use the thing more than you need to just 100 it's uh yeah so that's, it can never be too sterile. True, it's true. I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, wounds can't. At least people, I guess, could. That would be. There you go. That's a real thing. Mm. Um, what so. have you guys been listening to this week? Great question. Mm. Oh well, Matt? so I uh, no, I'm going to start us off because yes. we're here now. He looked at me, so I agreed. Yeah. So <laughs> no could, arguments here, bro. I, 
A couple weeks ago, I got reminded of an old video game, actually, and kind of like really wanted to play it, but have no real way of playing it right now. But have either of you guys ever heard of the game Jet Set Radio Future? Mm, let's look at the funk. Could you stop playing with that radio, Lord? I'm trying to get to sleep. No, a Sega game. Yeah, yeah, it was a Sega game. So it's it was the sequel to Jet Set Radio, uh, which was a game that came out on I think the Sega Dreamcast, mm-hmm. and that may have been it. Um, hmm. It's come out since then it on like the Xbox yeah. uh, for like the store or whatever, just as like a backwards compatible kind of thing. Even though it never anyway. Xbox Xbox and Dreamcast Xbox. had a lot. <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Xbox and Dreamcast had some weird crossover, like mm-hmm. some exclusives went to Xbox that were on Dreamcast, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Yeah, there were some interesting like interplay between Microsoft and Sega during the time yep. the Dreamcast was about to come out. There's a few videos on YouTube actually about the Dreamcast's development, and mm-hmm. Microsoft was pretty involved with that. Mm. And the whole reason like the Xbox really got created was because they started to work on the Dreamcast, and then that kind of fell through. But they were like, well, we've put all this work in. We might as well go ahead and finish out a game console. Hmm. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> Welcome anyway, to Dreamcast yeah, cast. And, yeah, Dreamcast <laughs> cast. Um, but the game I'm actually talking about is Jet Set Radio Future. But these games were like these super cel-shaded, uh, really colorful, cartoony mm-hmm. rollerblading games uh, that had a heavy emphasis on like graffiti and like straight youths culture. Kind of like a... SSX tricky sort of vibe. So not more open worldy. More right? open worldy. A little bit less like learn how to do moves, mm-hmm. and more just like there's a story, and okay. you're you're in these like kind of er- different areas of like a semi futuristic Japan, mm. and you're rollerblading around, and you have to like get spray cans to fill you up so you can then spray like tags all over these like certain points of walls, mm. and you can like design new tags and do all this stuff. You have to like run away from cops at some point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You Which so like, uh, sort of, dude, I know this G- game. I, I, I've seen this <laughs> game been played before. It sounds before. sort of GTA-ish in some ways, except for... In, yeah, it's not quite that open-worldly. Right. And, gotcha. And like, because you're always on rollerblades, yeah. and you don't like yeah. have weapons or anything right, other totally. than you can like spray paint on yeah. cops and that somehow <laughs> defeats them in uh-huh. some way yeah and they're like ha, ha, you have my sign on your back take Ledge that poison. <laughs> see you in seven years yeah so when the game has kind some of sick sickly <laughs> so there's some kind of weird things to that game it came out in like the early 2000s so uh-huh. cut it some slack yeah no, oh totally but, but a heavy <laughs> emphasis in that game was like the radio station which was called jet set radio mm, and it's this okay. like underground yeah. radio station where the djs all like hip and cool and you know throwing all these fun hip mm-hmm. lingo around um, yeah i know it but the soundtrack for the game was actually pretty fun just like you yeah i know mm-hmm. all the time just all that hip, hip lingo that i have hip to the jab uh so the, the soundtrack for the game was actually really good um there were a there was quite a bit of original music made for the game by Hideki Naganuma, I think is what it was. Totally. Uh, just worked for Sega, I think, at the time, and when they developed this game, like he just wrote a bunch of songs. But it was all really like sample based. And mm. especially in the early two thousands, I didn't know a lot of that kind of music. And so most of the songs are like super, super electronic y and then have some sort of spoken word sample element to them of mm. things that like I don't know, don't really sound super musical necessarily, but then they get turned into a song and you hear it over and over and over again, like these few lines that have been sampled into this song over and over and over again. And you're like, okay, this is good. And it's in my head constantly. Like to this day, if somebody says, I don't like it, I hear in my head one of the songs from that game, they go, I don't like it. 
at all <laughs> at all and it's this thing that just repeats over and over like this guy saying i don't like it yeah. at all or whatever mm-hmm. um but it's so funny because there there is a like subculture of gamers out there that if you say one of the lines to these songs <laughs> like they will chant it's like whatever an all-star that. somebody <laughs> kind of yeah like people will respond so i was on reddit not that long ago because i'm always on reddit but i was in a reddit a particular reddit thread I don't even it was it wasn't about Jet Set Radio in any way, but somehow it got brought up and the next comment under the like oh something something Jet Set Radio Future was understand, understand, and then like each sub comment <laughs> under that was like lyrics to one of those songs that That's only great. exists as part of this game. Like there, it's yep. not just a song that was put in the game. It, it was wrote written for that song yeah. wrote airs wrote for that song that just proves how strong of a community reddit is like or just how many people are actually lurking reddit yeah. and then when they see their moment they're like oh i understand <laughs> this thing jump on it. then they chime in on it yeah, yeah. Yep. so yeah totally. that, that's kind of one of those things where it's like that game doesn't really get talked about that often but there is a large there's a fairly large community of people hmm. that do actually remember that game hmm. or anything but i found that soundtrack on Spotify recently, nice. so I've been listening to a lot of that recently. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. Man, any that specific really... recommendations from the album? Um, I mean, the whole thing is really so. the The album that I found on Spotify is only the like the specific music for the game. That was like the original music for the game by Hideki Naganuma for the most part. There's some remixes on there too, but uh, Oldies but Happies is really fun. The concept of love is the one that like generally starts that stuff off. Understand, understand the concept of love. <laughs> it's anyway, and that they're all just really fun. Uh, actually, and, and that song had a couple of songs that were fairly popular at the time. Like Scapegoat Wax had a song called Isle 10 that was randomly somewhat popular. It was in that game. And Chibamato had a song, I can't remember the name of it, but she also did some work with the Gorillas. And I didn't learn that until much later that I was like, oh, I know this song. Interesting. And I really like the Gorillas. And they did a lot of stuff together. So, nice. Anyway, super yeah. cool. Yeah. It. it it doesn't hold up super well. I think I only like it a lot because it's really nostalgic for yeah, me. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you listen to it, like so it's, there was a yeah, game fun. on, and maybe you guys can help me remember this. There was a game I remember playing on Dreamcast because the dentist that I went to as a kid <laughs> yeah. had a Dreamcast in his office. Fantastic. And the game that I always played was I went to the dentist a lot. Um, I guess orthodontist. I had braces, but uh, the game that I always played it was like you basically flew this miniature airplane around like a house. And is it a Toy Story game, maybe? I want to say maybe it was. Because I, I remember, I never had a Dreamcast, but I played mm. it at, um, I mean, there's a, a fairly limited number of Dreamcast games, like 220 yeah, or something. Yeah, there's not a lot. So, I think um, I only have I definitely like played the Toy Story game. Okay, because I do remember being at, uh, ooh, whose house was it? It was um david i don't know Hassel whatever Hassel. some friend <laughs> was that david? my friend david i was at my friend's my casual friend house <laughs> and he was like hey parker you want to play this toy story game that's not how he talks that's that's exactly how he talks. into uh oh, like yes hey, you want to play this toy story game yeah it's gonna <laughs> be a good. lot of fun um but yeah i i remember being at their house um and they had a dreamcast and one of the games we played was the toy story game Mm. and in that one you definitely flew a little toy plane around yeah and it, like their kid was man it's so annoying to me that i can't remember their last name because they were family family friends whatever and um, their son hayden was like three and was 
pretty good at it. And I was like, dude, you're three. How are you doing these things? But yeah, because I didn't start playing games until I was like seven or eight or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it was mind boggling to me. But yeah. I think it might have been Toy Story. I just, I yeah, maybe it was. I I did play the Toy Story. I think there was one that I played. I don't know. I don't know how many they made, but I do remember playing one. Mm-hmm. And like you had to climb on swing sets and stuff like that mm-hmm. and go all crazy. But I just remember that paper or that. If like, it wasn't a Toy Story game, game, I think I at least played the same game as you did. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm remembering that it's the Toy Story one or not, it could be. That sounds familiar. Know. Yeah. Yeah. The only games I had for the Dreamcast were I only had like four games, and it was like Sonic Adventure one and two. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, I think there was a snowboarding game possibly that my sister had that cannot remember the name of because <laughs> it was not remarkable in any way who is the uh, who is the pro snowboarder that got his own game it's not oh Matt, no not it wasn't like real people it it was no, like i, just, I, I remember having people. that snowboarding mm. game for playstation 2 yeah matt hoffman wasn't he the, he was the bike, the bike one yeah. the bike i remember playing guy. that at a friend's house mm-hmm. that was which i when you were saying jet, jet set radio jet ground radio whatever um jet grind radio i think was the first one okay jet set radio future was the mm. second one gotcha okay yeah. um like yeah back in the day when i mean to- tony hawk pro skater like those mm-hmm. games and like the burnout games and maybe I, I haven't played gta but i wonder if maybe it's the same kind of thing there where the soundtrack is just like a lot at least maybe i mean for tony hawk and and that kind of and burnout mm-hmm. the soundtrack is just songs by bands that yeah. it's i mean there's in the game some music written for it but otherwise it's just like it was hey here's just, Rage Against the Machine and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah and that was GTA games that that's well. still okay. is GTA games gotcha. most, like they have some original music that will play in between stuff mm-hmm. but if you're mm-hmm. in the car like it's just, it's just licensed music. I always yeah. listen to the talk radio in GTA because that's Dude, the best. Yeah, it's usually pretty funny. But yeah. Really? To that's me, funny. Like, the talk radio is usually like a farce on talk yeah, radio. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. tongue-in-cheek. But yeah. the problem with that is... our podcast on... <laughs> yeah. It's just a farce of a real podcast. <laughs> we say we're going to talk about music, but then GTA we actually 6. talk about video games for 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else talk about what they've been listening to. Yeah, <laughs> man. Parker, what have you been listening I, uh, to? So, you know, listening to music in the car is a thing that happens in video video games yeah. it also was a thing that happened for me this weekend uh so as we on my way back i was really behind on all the podcasts i listened to so for eight hours well not all of it but like six and a half of the hours i was just listening to podcasts that yeah. i was catching up on uh but the on the way down we listened to a lot of stuff but one of the things i put on while my sister was asleep because she picked most of the music because I was like I don't care whatever just sure pick whatever you want but then when she went to sleep I put on everything everything which I played a song of theirs I think in the groove um, when we talked about yes. group, yeah, um, and that I think was Cough Cough, but on their album Arc, and I really I wish it was Arc Arc, <laughs> right? Yeah, They're just the band that says everything twice. Uh, yeah. But so the song that there was a song that really got stuck in my head, and it was one of those where it wasn't right at the beginning of the song that I could that you can tell that it's that song. So I went back and tried to figure out which one it was uh, the next day, and found it's Choice Mountain on that album the whole album is really good um all their stuff is good in my opinion but that song specifically is a lot of fun um so i yeah say check out everything everything's album arc and if you want listen to the song choice mountain um but yeah that's about it what are you matt uh so last thursday i went to live on the green 
to go yeah. see go see Dr. Doll. <laughs> He's got his PhD now. Chad's not laughing. He's <laughs> keeping his mouth shut and trying not to crack Just a smile. staring at that. <laughs> Much better band than Dr. Cat. Um, uh, so Dr. Dog's no, band, fighting words, depending on your allergies. Uh, they're out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and um, they're very good. I got into them a couple of years ago. They're just kind of one of those bands that's always like, they're always there. They're not like particularly the best band or the worst band. They're just like you know, they're always there when you I've need heard them. Of them a lot. I've never heard them before. Yeah. Um. They, I mean, they they've been putting out albums since I think like 2005 or mm-hmm. six. Uh, they just released a new one this year and they're touring it now. They came to Live on the Green, and I mean, uh, Live on the Green has a way of like booking these bands that are like the epitome of bands that I would not pay to go see, but would really like to see. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's really funny. Like they yeah. had a, a, a couple weeks ago, they did like Cold War Kids. And yeah. that was a band that I was always like, Which I don't want to pay to see They did that them, too, like a couple years ago. Yeah. Cold did War they? Kids. That's not the first time Cold War Kids has played. That's live on the green. Also, Jimmy World went on Saturday. Yeah, they were on Saturday. Really they were like the big one of, yeah. the, of the whole festival Cold this War year. Kids, yeah. I think, was the big one like a couple years ago. They oh, were like yeah. the last one of the last night of Live on the I Green. I think it's funny that like now now we're calling Jimmy Eat World like the big the big one of, yeah. of the thing. But uh, Dr. Dog was the headliner on Thursday night, and I went with a couple friends to go see him. Uh, and it was a really good show. Um, it, like they're, they're just a really wholesome band, I guess. Hmm. Um, they're pretty inoffensive uh they're just one of those bands that everybody can kind of like just you know good old pop rock like they they dive into a little bit of like southern rock elements mixed with like psychedelic and jam band type stuff uh they're definitely not a jam band but um yeah they're they're good uh i definitely recommend checking them out um their album fate uh from 2008 i think is pretty good um i mean it's definitely their most notable notable album but uh you've you've heard a couple of their songs before but anyways i was at the show and i want to go get a t-shirt so i walked uh with my buddy um logan to go get a t-shirt in the t-shirt area during the show because i was like i'm gonna beat the crowd and we were up there like at the merch booth and there were two people sitting right over here and we're like directly in front of the merch booth and I'm like, okay, I want that shirt. I was looking at the shirts, and then I like nobody was helping us, so I walked up to the girl, and I was like, hey, can I get a shirt? And she's like, actually, no. <laughs> like, oh. Great style. Cool. She's like, I don't work for Doctor Dog, and I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, I work for whatever other like Roots Roots of the Rebellion or something. She's like, it's whatever other band. Yeah. She's like, I work for those guys. I'm like, okay, well, uh, do you know where, I know where the, the guy is? Green had like. Just specific merch people like that yeah. only do one thing. I guess. I, I guess like they last do, time yeah. I was here, it was just like this giant tent. And just like good luck. They got tons of like there. little tents. They got like festival shirts, like for the whole thing, and then they got individual band shirts. I guess it um, depends on if the band's already on tour or not. That's I, probably fair. Yeah, and so yeah. like if you know Roots of the Rebellion, mm-hmm. if that if oh, I said that right. By the way, yes, I think <laughs> if the the band that was playing on the little side stage was that band, and they're a reggae band, but oh, interesting. it's a bunch of white dudes. <laughs> so <laughs> and they're singing songs about like we need to rise up and like take our culture back. Not stuff. a good time. So <laughs> not a good time. That, guys. Band, that band made me a little uneasy. No, uh, not a good time. Oh my goodness. Um, but anyway, Play so to your audience. <laughs> I really wanted my Dr. Dog shirt. So I was like, well, do you know where the dude who's selling Dr. Dog shirts are? She's like, he went to go watch the show. I'm like, Oh, okay. When's he going to be back? 
probably not till like the end of the show maybe like 20 minutes or so and i said oh goodness okay cool i'll come back then maybe and i never went nope. back but <laughs> yeah have you ever been you to a to show and the merch the guy is like not like, there nah, i don't really want to do this right now <laughs> i really don't want this band to make money yeah like <laughs> so dude and the shirts me? were like 30 bucks like oh, i was gonna drop yeah. 30 bucks on a shirt and i'm like i guess they're not getting that so okay cool Man. but yeah I always like to do that. If I'm at a show, I like to get there early to get my thing mm-hmm. if I want it before yep. the crowd gets there. Yep. So, and then, uh, like, I'll just sling it over my shoulder the whole the whole show. Like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, you can ask Alyssa. Every time we go to the Ryman for anything, I'm like, we got to get there, like, an hour early. Because yeah. I'm not missing out on a hatch print. Might get a shirt. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Those hatch prints, they're always so good. They're nice. Picked up a Punch Brothers hatch print. Just hanging on the wall. They're so good. Oh, uh, <laughs> my friend John that we saw in Charlottesville, his sister and her husband live there as well. And his brother-in-law, Thomas, plays banjo really well. And I didn't get to hear him play it, but mm-hmm. I talked to him about Punch Brothers for a while. And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, yeah Noah. <laughs> I don't remember his... What's Noah's last name? The, I got nothing. The banjo player in Punch Brothers? No, oh, I don't have any idea. In any case, that guy, <laughs> he's fantastic. But he was talking to me about that. It was it was insightful because I got a banjo, but I pretty much, if I play it, I play it pretty much like Sufjan does, which is just like a guitar, yeah. but it's... <laughs> just uh, strumming a bunch strumming of chords. or like picking it, but like the way that I pick with a guitar as sure. opposed to... Like claw hammer or something. Exactly, the claw hammer stuff. And I was asking him specifically about... Or at one point when I was looking at finger picking patterns, there's some stuff where you'd um, like double up on a finger so like use three different fingers for the same string Mm -hmm. do weird stuff where you're following a pattern but it's it's odd and whereas i'm used to just assigning fingers to strings strings and then at that point like i just know intuitively if i want to be playing you know this Mm -hmm. higher note or whatever i it's kind of playing by ear and playing by finger at the same time as Mm -hmm. opposed to thinking a lot (laughs) doubling up on strings like that is fairly common in like flamenco and classical Mm -hmm. styles just Mm -hmm. because like the only way to get sustained tremolo especially if you're playing with a larger orchestra Mm -hmm. and you're playing you can't just like let a note ring out right so you end up tremoloing like Mm -hmm. with all three of your fingers on the same string yeah and that's just like but if you don't do that space to me yeah yeah classical finger style guitar is completely different from like every other version of acoustic yeah finger style guitar yeah exactly. have you guys ever had the family members that like you go to a music shop with them and they're like oh you play guitar pick up this banjo do this <laughs> little banjo tune that's the same right yeah i'm gonna put shameless on blast right now he used to like I have this banjo and I was like, nope, I cannot do anything with that. Like, I, I just don't even want to try because I literally just have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I should learn at least one or two like pretty traditional things so that if there is one, I can be like, because literally all I've got right now is as far as if I wanted to do something that was sort of banjo-y. Yeah. What is uh, at some point I just went and I was like, Oh, that's a cool little, you know, like yeah. that sounds thing. really banjo. And I'll just do that one thing and I'm like, <laughs> da ba da ba. That's it. But it lasts all of three seconds. Yeah. So. And they're like, oh, cool, do another one. And you're like, nope. No. <laughs> this one's really good. Trust me, I'll play this one again. The next one is literally <laughs> just. I don't know if you caught it, but. <laughs> the next one is literally just the Arrested Development theme song. Oh, yeah. Of... <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. That's it. That's all I got. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I also didn't realize I was on a banjo until I did it on a banjo and was like, oh, wow, that's a banjo. I probably would have guessed ukulele if I, I had I totally thought that was a ukulele. It. Yeah. 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 It's, and then you listen back to it and you're like, oh, banjo. It's a banjo. Yeah. It's a banjo. So, so anyways. You guys want to get in? Uh, let's do our thing. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. 
So last week we were talking about bands who had drastically changed from mm-hmm. their first album to their latest album yeah. or last album. Or at album. some point in the middle or yeah, whatever, or some too. Point I guess just, in they've just had transformation sounds. Yeah. Um, and just as a recap, uh, Parker, who did you talk about? I talked about Thrice. Thrice, that's mm-hmm. right. Chad? I talked about the gorillas. Yes, and I talked about the Arctic monkeys. Yep, and Arctic my sister talked about Sufjan Estevan, which he did kind of a like transformation in the middle, but then kind of came back around to where he yeah. was originally from uh, musically. Or yeah, <laughs> uh, I feel like that's it's got to be much easier to to do kind of whatever you want if you're your own artist, like you're not in a band, yeah, and you're just the one who does everything. But then again, that has its own pitfalls too. Mm-hmm. Like I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting there playing guitar, wishing that I had a drummer. So then I'll go over to drums, and then I'm like, okay, but now I don't have a guitar player. Like, <laughs> yeah. Man, I want a band so bad but right I now. I need the drummer to not be me, also. Yeah. <laughs> so then I get into like loops, and then that all involves too much technology, yep. and I'm like, nope, that's too much time. Too much time. I'll just put Man. this down and go do something else now. <laughs> One band that I just thought of, unrelated, well, whatever, uh, Mailing in the Sons of Disaster. Oh, wow. I yeah. just th- thought of them because they're, and I feel like there's a lot of other bands like this where they start out and they were like, it's the old vocalist, is Dallas Taylor, who was the vocalist old for Under, Under Oath. Um, and he left that band and because whatever stuff and then started mailing and sons of disaster which is like southern, southern metal yeah. like metal, just very perfect wow doing it and it's i actually i haven't listened to them in a long time but i listened to some of their first maybe three albums or so first album super good and uh yeah it's a very southern metal and then more recent like they had some guitars guitarists switch out and stuff and then now it's just kind of like southern rock sort of thing with kind of vocals but that man to me is not really doing a whole lot anymore at all oh really it's just dallas taylor yeah got real messed up Uh, oh my goodness yeah Yeah, he had like the worst atv accident oh like he can't see out of one of his eyes and hear out of basically either of his ears yeah i mean like like very nearly could have died and it's pretty like has like facial kind of disfiguration thing but he also uh prior to that was becoming an actor and so but now he's still doing some of that but in just a different way and like he uh has Hmm. kind of a speech impediment sort of thing now too yeah i forgot about that but it's crazy there's a i think an episode on the bad christian podcast where they talk to him or maybe it's on break it down i don't remember but it's super interesting to just talk to him and um, he's a southern metal vocalist, but like the way he talks is just kind of a sweet little voice. Um, mm. And especially now that he's got boy. his, his uh, <laughs> speech impediment and stuff, it's super interesting. But man, mm. yeah, yeah, what a time! So yeah. there's a lot of bands that feel like they did that kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Southern metal, what a what a fleeting thing that was. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, well, they're really like the only band that I can think of that it's like this is just like straight off. up Southern yeah. metal, and they did it well to this, yeah. to the point where it was like I could listen to this. Yeah, mm-hmm. because there's the- a lot of bands that'll do a <laughs> section of a song where it's like. You know, it's like, oh, okay, like the Devil Wears Prada has a couple of songs that have just like here's a Southern metal section. Yeah, but. That's you know, the mailing was just southern metal. So it's funny how, like, that that's the one band that was able to pull that off successfully. But when I think southern metal, I just think about 
every guy that I went to high school with in Alabama <laughs> just wearing like Pantera t-shirts. Oh, well, mm-hmm. good God, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, those guys. I used to be friends with some of those guys, too. You were friends with the Pantera guys? I was friends with the Pantera guys. No, I, mean, I was like kind of a Pantera fan. Pantera. <laughs> yeah, I was really good friends with uh, Dimebag Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> right Dime, before his He died when I was five years old, but <laughs> I was good friends with him. Super good friends oh, with him. We were good buds. Anyway, uh, here's, here's a question I'd like to answer throughout this episode too that we because we talked about specific ones last week um we'll have a little extra time this time because it's just three of us instead of four of us so um throughout the episode answering kind of the question too of like does change make an artist like better or like what does it mean for an artist like subjectively objectively and that kind of stuff i don't know just uh thoughts or when that does or doesn't apply Mm -hmm. it's very vague question but just kind of extra content to tag well i think like as an artist, it's very easy to get bored. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, you you make an album, you tour the album, you play those songs endlessly, and then once you're done with the tour, you go back into the studio and you do another album, and the changes continue. So at pretty much every point in every artist's like career, somebody has that revelation of, you know, this is not working for me anymore. <laughs> i got to do something different. Yeah. And so they branch out and try and do something different. There's that, and then I think there's catering to the trends like we Mm -hmm. were talking about a little bit last week of this is what people are listening to let's try and get on that boat you know let's try and 80s thing right now yeah like let's incorporate Mm, more 80s synths and and more poppy stuff into our music and let's make it way hookier like so it'll just draw in the listener that much quicker we don't have to write a good song we just have to have a super catchy chorus Mm -hmm. yeah go ahead yeah yeah, no, I know. I think that's totally valid. Um, I think that tends to happen a lot. And there's bands that I think are out there that are just like exploring new things. Like I, I really almost talked about Ben Howard for this because he mm. always like is kind of doing something that has been tangentially popular, like being a singer songwriter kind of thing where it's mostly acoustic stuff and some cello. And then a second album like had some electric on it, but it still didn't sound like anything else hmm. and then now he's he's had a new album come out this past year that still doesn't really sound like anything else that's mm-hmm. happening right now and it's really different from all of his stuff before um but he tends to like just kind of do what he wants to do and like yeah. i can respect that and I, i'm like that's really cool even if i don't necessarily love it it's like you you do you man like that's yeah. that's totally yeah. fine i'm gonna listen to this a couple of times and then listen to your old stuff um <laughs> and, and that that's kind of a thing that can happen with a lot of bands mm-hmm. but what i what i don't really love is when when yeah the, the like bandwagon effect because there's bands that i really like that then just put out something that's really popular right now mm-hmm. or really inoffensive whereas they had like really interesting music before mm-hmm. and maps analysis kind of did that with their most recent mm-hmm. album like it it's a pretty good album but man for their stuff being so like math rocky and technical beforehand and still sounding cool mm-hmm. this new album is all just the 80s thing and yeah. it's just a bunch of hooks and it's like mm-hmm. i yep. mean like you're probably going to get more radio play with this. So like, if you're yeah. just trying to make money, like way to go, like, I'm, I'm glad for you to be able to do that. I'm glad for you to be able to support your family and everything. But like, I, I don't really want to listen. Yeah. To <laughs> and, and then like, even, even see a lot of the bands that I listened to back in college and stuff, they fell for the, not necessarily the eighties effect, but the stadium rock effect. Uh, yeah. Like, um, I mean, say what you will about Kings of Leon. They're not a good band. I mean, like nowadays, <laughs> they're, they're terrible. But if you go back and listen to their first two albums, I still think they're among some of the best just straight-on 
garage rock albums that you'll mm. ever hear. They're fast, like two minute songs that are borderline punk, but they just have like that southern kind of tone to them. They're really, really great garage rock albums, but the band just, I mean, sold out like like many bands do, and they fell for that stadium rock sound. They got big, yeah. and the songs got big and and easy to follow along with. Like, oh, we don't need to write lyrics anymore. Let's just write. Oh, 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 oh. They didn't even write that song for also for what that's worth. It, yeah. I was in a songwriter round, the first songwriter round I was ever in, um, playing at the Bluebird, and uh, there was one of the guys that was on stage. Like it was, it was a thing where they'd bring students from MTSU, and so you had to try out for it and blah blah blah. So I got to play the Bluebird, which was super fun and stuff. Um, but one of the guys that was on stage, they would have students plus one actual person in both of the rounds that night. And one of them was like, yeah, I wrote this song. You guys probably recognize it from such and such. And he played that song. And that was still before <laughs> I knew of the whole like commercial songwriting, writing right. songs yeah, for other yeah, people. Yeah. And so maybe hmm. he wrote it with them. I don't know. Like, or it know. was just his and whatever. But I was like, and so, which again, just kind of goes to show that they sold out because that's yeah. not even, you know, I... For all intents and purposes, as far as I'm concerned, as much as I know the commercial songwriting thing exists and is a thing, if you're not writing your own songs and you're an artist, I I have a lot less respect for Absolutely. you. You're kind of less of an artist. Yes. You're a product. You're a performer. You, you, yeah, you're selling a product and that's it. And you're yeah. performing that product. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, if yeah. all you want to do is make money, like, hey, you go and do sure. you, but just don't pretend like you're you're the face of a product that something somebody else created yeah yeah and that's i mean that that works for a lot of people obviously and it also country music industry (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly and and those people started out writing their own songs which i would argue are some of them are pretty good i mean i'm not a taylor swift fan but i can go back and listen to that first album and think you know hey for 16 years old or however old she was writing that kind of poetry Mm -hmm. that those kind of lyrics that's pretty good. Yeah. Like if you're a country fan, I'd be I'd be on that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, that's that's a good song. I mean, I don't I don't like it, but you know, it, you get In my point. In her sort like, of defense, she still writes all of her songs to or with but with other people, except mm-hmm. for I'm pretty sure it's it solely for the fact that she doesn't want to miss out on the money on any of those. Oh, so she's not right, going to use anybody right. else's songs. Right. But that's also like who knows necessarily you know how much what percentage she wrote on those if yeah. it was like somebody brings her a song and she's like i'm gonna tweak some things yeah. and then it's mine as well mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i don't know which I no that's idea. just being a good business person like yeah i mean it, if you're trying to make money doing the thing yep exactly like i put myself in, in all of those artists shoes and i think okay i started out on point a i wrote these good songs and people liked them and i put out record it was great yeah now people are coming to me saying hey you are good we want you to be headlining blah 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 festival this year uh we want you in the studio here are some songs do you think you could sing these yeah we'll give you several million dollars (laughs) i mean am i gonna say well no i need to stick to my true artist yeah like roots you better uh, yeah i mean like (laughs) yeah no i know what you mean i I guarantee you that if i was put in that position i would sell out for the money oh no 100 percent. yeah and that's kind of my point. Like, I'm, I'm glad. I understand when people do what's popular. When people try and make something that will be commercially successful, mm-hmm. like, I'm glad for you. Like, this will probably do better. You'll yeah. probably get more money from this. And <laughs> I understand that. I understand that you probably feel a pressure to do this sort of thing. However, as a like casual yeah. consumer, or probably slightly more than casual <laughs> consumer of music, a core consumer, a, a, yeah. core consumer. a core consumer. I, I. 
do want to listen to something that's interesting and something yeah. that maybe it doesn't even necessarily have to be new and like mm-hmm. crazy off the wall or like buck wild and unlistenable to everybody else. But, but I do want it to be interesting. And if you're just going to do the same, like I'm going to drop off Yeah, and, yeah. and there's going to be a certain amount of like legitimacy to what you're doing that is going to be lost by doing that. And Agreed. that's yep. fine. But I'm going to go into, okay, so two examples of bands just to talk about, and then I'll go into my actual example of a band for today. Um, So two bands that are in a same kind of like scene and beginning situation, but went in two different directions, uh, but had the same result, interestingly enough, As Cities Burn and Me Without You were both Mm -hmm. in the, you know, like post-hardcore kind of scene uh as cities burn had their first album son i loved you at your darkest come out in like 2006 2006 Mm -hmm. let's say and um it was like really popular in kind of that niche and it was so it was five guys and cody and tj are two brothers that are in that band and one of them sang and the other one sang and screamed so that and they were very like kind of crazy music a little bit like Didn't one of them play guitar yeah cody yeah. played guitar exactly yep and then at the you know they put out that album pretty popular and stuff and then tj ended up leaving the guy who screamed and so they were like okay well we could either try to replace him and get another screamer or we could just like do kind of what we're doing but maybe more just in the rock direction like jimmy world for example and make Mm -hmm. even more like or just be Mm -hmm. you know have more popularity because it's more accessible a little more more commercially viable right so then Mm -hmm. they put out come now sleep which is super good. probably my favorite album of theirs so i love good. all their albums to be honest so that's definitely my favorite yeah album it's theirs. it's uh, yeah by and a warrior like <laughs> just by no measure do the other two even come close to come but a lot of people felt not that same way when it first came mm-hmm. out because it was yeah. in you know like in the post-art course and it was like yeah there's heavy music and mm-hmm. stuff everybody and likes it's markedly less heavy than the yeah. first one mm-hmm. and so but they went in the direction of yeah, there's no screaming in it except for a couple bits where Cody, who is like yelling, a, yeah, yells exactly something like that. But it's mostly, I mean, it's great, but um, yeah, it just doesn't have any breakdowns or any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is more, I guess, kind of just emo in some ways than it is um, than it is post hardcore or more screamo post or whatever. Than hardcore. Yes, right, exactly. So, um, so then they kind of like waned in popularity. They ended up breaking up after Hell or High Water in 2010. And they're sort of back together. They've done a bunch of reunion I think tours. About to put on a new album. Yeah, actually. that's what I've heard, and I'm and very excited for it. And a book. <laughs> that's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one direction of that, and oh, that's one, one direction. direction. <laughs> talking about one direction this whole time. So yeah, that that's that's one direction of that is they went purposefully towards like let's you know try to be more popular doing this. Mm-hmm. Me without you, opposite end of the spectrum, same exact genre starting situation of. Um, they were kind of post-hardcore and kind of heavy for their first two albums and then more so for their third album, which was like probably their most popular one. They were kind of on the brink of popularity of, you know, that was more mainstream or something. Then they put out their fourth album, which is this like super stripped down folky yep. album mm-hmm. that's super mm-hmm. like acoustic guitars and I don't even know. So I never I'm actually like tried to listen to me without you uh-huh. for a really long time. Like I heard their name pop up a lot. Always like, Oh yeah, these guys are super heavy, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And the first time I actually like sat down to listen to them was that. <laughs> was the fu- and I was like, 
what this, what is like <laughs> yeah. this is not what i thought this nope. was going to be and just never really returns yeah. to it so that's so pretty funny it's it's funny and their but their motivation for it even though they did a similar kind of thing in some ways was the entire opposite of acidity's burns which mm. i mean in Acidity's Burns' defense, they weren't trying to sell out particularly. It was just like, oh, let's take advantage of where we're at and just use this to try to, you know, be popular mm-hmm. and stuff with this. Whereas Me Without You, actually, like, they're super... Uh, it, it, at some point while they were touring their third album they saw that all these kids were like dressing like them and wanted to be like them and stuff and they just wanted to completely move against vanity Mm. and Uh, so they were like we're gonna make something completely different because (laughs) pretty much exactly what you guys don't want yes I mean it's like this is something really true to us but we you know if whatever if you guys like it you like it cool but we're gonna not just swing into something that would be popular because it's liable to be popular at all Mm. lo and behold it was not particularly (laughs) popular and um it was i mean the only they've been like the uh, tooth and nails just i don't even know what the right term is but a band that the owner of tooth and nail brandon ebel abel Ebel, whatever Mm. um was always like pretty much you guys can do whatever you want just i just (laughs) love you guys just do whatever Uh, you want (laughs) so just essentially the benefactor of that guy's yeah exactly (laughs) so um so yeah they were able to do that but it just didn't do so well so i thought that was interesting um this this one however the the example i'm going to bring up this week is an example kind of more of what you were first starting to say matt um was that they'd been doing music for a long time and then we're like, ah, we're kind of sick of what we were doing before. Let's switch it up and do something different. So this band is Under Oath. Um, I've talked about them a little bit on the podcast before, but they, uh, yeah, I'm going to just start it out with what's not their most popular albums by far is their first two albums. Just knocked in a table. Uh, their <laughs> first two it. albums, I think active depression, their first one sold a thousand records when it first came out. Cries <laughs> no. of the past sold 2000 records. And then <laughs> they signed to tooth and nail, um, for the changing of times, their third album, which sold 150,000. So by contrast, Ooh, that's a, wow. That's a little bit of a difference. A little, <laughs> a little, little bit. bit of a bump there. Um, I mean, it sold more since then, I guess, but that was, you know, when it first came out. So this is the song, a love so pure, which is, I think their most popular of active depression. And this is just a part from at some point in the middle of the song, kind of during a breakdowny part. So mm-hmm. here goes their first album. <laughs> what every single person I've ever met who didn't listen to hardcore <laughs> thinks, thinks all hardcore, hardcore songs like. sound yeah. like. And there's some slight, there's more interesting things that happen throughout the record, but I just thought this part was really funny because it's like, here's this just bit, here's this bit slower. Here's this bit even slower. It does like five times. 
<laughs> no joke. I, did, I started on number two and ended on number four, but it, it does it one before that and one after. They were sitting in a room when they were writing that. Like, do you think people would get tired of this? Nah. nah. I mean, this is in there, you know, like there's seven songs on this album and one of them is like, this song's ten and a half minutes and then Jeez. there's some other like seven minute songs and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, so Dallas Taylor, the guy from Alien yeah. and Son of Disaster that we were talking about earlier, was the vocalist at this point. Literally, from this album to where it is today, uh, their drummer is the only person that's the same. Mm-hmm. And for um, Disambiguation, which was their album that came out right before they broke up for four years, where Al- Andres Gillespie wasn't on that album, yeah. everybody was different. So yeah. their mm-hmm. guitarist, uh, Octavio Fernandez, is a guy that's on, I don't know, whatever. Long story short, their music was, you know, kind of based on those guys plus the 14 year old drummer Aaron Gillespie <laughs> um, who's from Florida Tampa Ooh, yeah, yeah which is you know Florida are the rest of them not from Florida no they're all from Florida too oh okay um, <laughs> and, well the rest of the band now isn't all from Florida well yeah but, but the original I, band the yeah, original I, band I felt like I remember like the original band mm-hmm. kind of being yeah Florida. exactly so so that was that and <laughs> Yeah, their first two albums were definitely that genre. And when The Changing of Times came out, which had some singing, there's one song of those first two albums that has singing in it, and it's not like pop metal yeah. type singing. Is it still it's, Aaron Gillespie singing, or is uh, it Dallas Taylor singing? It's him and Dallas Taylor. It's kind of like a crowd vocal singing gang type vocal bit. Gang kind of thing. Uh, but it's not, it's not even a gang vocal. It's just <laughs> a bunch of people all singing at the same time, but badly. But not great. <laughs> but yeah, but not great. So that's that's that. Um, and then yeah. So I think theirs was fairly just transitional change on purpose. Like after a bunch of those guys left, every Dallas Taylor was still in for the changing times, but everybody else was who's in there now. And I, I'm not. I don't have an example from that one that I'm pulling up. But a lot of folks. Well. <laughs> As many folks as could have been disappointed by the Changing Times, who had been the 2,000 people listening to the first two albums, <laughs> yeah. were disappointed by the Changing Times because it was a little bit more poppy. Mm-hmm. Um, right, more. Well, it's to, not even standard song structure. There's one song that's standard song and structure. And to be fair, like, yeah. if they wanted anybody other than themselves to listen to like, yeah. I love hardcore. Yeah. I grew up listening to a ton of hardcore. Yeah. The only people that like listening to that are the people who are in the band yeah. who are playing the hardcore yeah. and like this chunky section is super cool. Let's slow it down so we can headbang harder yeah. while we're doing And I mean like there's just this facet of like this is really fun to play. Right. Not, not super so fun, to, fun to, to just to. listen to unless yeah. you're there in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Also dancing. So there was, I mean, yeah, that those albums, I went back, I found them after I'd been listening to Under Earth for like two years and I found this first two records and I listened to them and I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay. Okay. And I, I enjoyed them and I still like kind of enjoy them to this day, but mostly for the like, what a crazy time kind of factor. So um, Changing Times came out, which is a little bit more, you know, standard song structure, but still not a ton of singing, just little bits of bobs of singing besides bobs. besides uh, When the Sun Sleeps, which is their kind of like title, not title track, but the single off that record, um, which Chris Kraba from Dashboard Confessional is in the music video for. Random. Yeah. Um, and then the album after that Dallas Taylor left midway through tour they were like partly done recording they're only chasing safety and they were on tour Dallas Taylor's like he and his girlfriend were having issues and or fiance or something like that and so Drama. he left quit the yeah. band and Spencer Chamberlain was just a guy that they knew who was in um the, this town needs guns or this I don't know some other band 
and joined joined them and he filled in for that tour and then um their plan for that one it was like a way more popular album hmm. and their plan was let's do like if jimmy world was screamo and it actually works out like very well. It's just implementing mm-hmm. some of that more kind of you know pop emo rock yeah, yeah. into post hardcore screamo. Type a little stuff. bit less just drum, 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 yeah. drum, drum, yeah. and a little bit more like a little oh, more there's melodic. actually a guitar part there. Yeah, <laughs> and pretty much every song is relative song structure, like standard you know verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus type of a thing. Mm. Not completely, but um, but yeah, that kind of thing. And then. The, but at that point, Spencer was still trying to do sort of the Dallas Taylor vocal style. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then the next album, which is the song that I've got an example off of, is where they kind of were like, all right, let's just be ourselves here. And they still implement some of that. But this is uh, Writing on the Walls from of course. Um, <laughs> Define the Great Line, which is... There's just no other obvious pick. No, yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, there's a lot that I would love to show, but this is the one that if you're trying to show like, this is where yeah. they were, this is what everybody knew of them, yeah. this is what you got. So I don't even remember what part of the song I picked. This is the album that I've probably played the drums along to the most. Like, hundred percent. I would just sit and play this whole album front to back (laughs) all the time because it was just so much fun. Yeah, Uh, his fills are like just silly enough to be like you can kind of do whatever. (laughs) Yeah, because he was also just kind of like nah, whatever. And they're always (laughs) they're always different live, which I mean, like if if you're a drummer, but probably they should be, unless it's like a very iconic one or whatever. But. So that's, I mean, hopefully, I mean, Matt, j- how much different, I guess, did that sound to you? Oh, much different. I okay. mean, A, the production was oh, much, well. much, much better, like the world's better. Um, but yeah, I mean, as someone who didn't grow up listening to hardcore and doesn't listen to a whole lot of it now, honestly, Under Earth was one of the hardcore bands that I did listen to. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with that song, but uh, I was less familiar with the first one. Um, it's definitely like a fairly palatable song. Yeah, like, absolutely. Aside, aside from the fact that it has some screaming at it's got all dynamics and like first are, of all some people are just turned off by that but yeah, yeah it like yeah. has dynamics and it's, it's melodic it's yeah. very melodic there's yeah. a lot of things going on like there's obvious section changes there's like <laughs> that is just an interesting phrase that i have to be careful about now. section changes <laughs> yeah i just feel like section changes yeah. could be fr- anyway and, uh, <laughs> it's also interesting to me this album uh a friend of mine was critiquing well just rather criticizing metal and saying like oh it's just he was saying that it's like all like verse chorus verse chorus and it's dumb and blah 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 whereas he listened to like jazz fusion Guthrie Govin kinds oh, of God. stuff well, what a fancy on. fancy and so no. like he was I you'd mean, listen friend. to literally anything else and it's more verse chorus <laughs> verse chorus than that so and he I was telling him it was like right after this album would come out or a little bit after whatever and uh, he was and I was telling him yeah I guess it is I guess it is like that and then I went back and listened to it like the next day I was like no literally one 
one song is the first chorus, first chorus. I was like, yeah. oh, go, come back. I need to tell you the truth. <laughs> like, it's that moment where you, you replay that argument in your yep. head every night right. for the next two oh, years. Man. Just thinking like, if only I had thought Two years. Hmm, more like 12. I, no, yeah, <laughs> not really. I but, say that being an introvert and <laughs> still thinking about certain arguments from like 10 years ago. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's where they were at, at that point. And uh, they were real, at the height of their popularity for sure. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. at that time not that it waned that much b- after that um but the genre did just in yes, terms of popularity sure. so yeah, that's the genre thing. definitely tanked like five years after that yeah <laughs> so that was um but then the next album was like they always kind of like you were saying with def cab like every album's like you got to listen to it and Multiple kind of appreciate where it's that, at and yeah. um so lost in the sound separation came out and i kind of had to sit on that one for a while but then i grew to really like it and it's got some real cool songs yeah it really Mm -hmm. does and then aaron gillespie left and disambiguation came out and i had to sit on that one for much longer and eventually came to like and there's still some things i don't love about it but it was you know um a lot of the same kind of root and direction that they were trying to go in i feel like Mm. and then they broke up for four years and then they came back with uh this same lineup from this album so aaron gillespie's back essentially (laughs) and then i talked about this album when it came out a couple like uh, two months ago or so and at the time i was like i'll probably just have to give it a bunch of listens and eventually i'll like it and i just haven't even wanted to go back and listen to it so that was it was the most like heartbreaking thing because the first single came out and i was like okay you know this is kind of cool it was uh on on my teeth or something yep. like that mm-hmm. and uh and i was like okay this is kind of a cool song like it's very rhythmic and there's not a ton of guitar parts but like it's still just like a cool song yeah and then this song came out yeah and i was like mm, no i hate this yeah <laughs> so it's i'll go ahead and play the song and then we'll talk about it but this is a rapture from erase me their latest album wish you would cut a little bit of the chorus because mm. the chorus is like the most butt rock thing yeah it is just the most butt rock song that i've heard in the last like i don't know five years and not probably. all the songs are like fully leaning into that but all of them have that element still that's in there but also for this to be the second single they yeah. released so like yeah, the album sure. wasn't out yet and they're like we need to tease this album mm-hmm. put it on my teeth like cool and then the song comes out and it's like oh man now i just don't care about this album it's like borderline hybrid theory material honestly yeah so that's the thing like so spencer chamberlain after under earth broke up started a band called Sleepwave. that was like his solo project and i mean this is just straight up what that band sounded like and i didn't care about Mm. that band at all but it's you know the band pretty much came back and i don't know what their intentions with it were it's i mean options are a they all just want to make money and think this is going to be popular b uh, just don't really like metal anymore and so wanted to go more into just rock see they just wanted to have a good time and came up with the first things they came yeah. up with I don't <laughs> yeah, know yeah, like yeah. it seems yeah. like there's you know not a lot of possibilities there but it's um, it's just different and that's yeah. I mean the whole point of what we're talking about but I you know it's it's hard to say what intentions are like I said yeah. but nevertheless I think if uh, if they were honest with themselves, they would realize at least like this isn't where we have been. And 
I guess so it's something they're I don't okay really with. understand the direction. Right. Because well, it's not like that's a popular style of music. Anymore. Right. That's the thing is like uh, when when this band went on hiatus for four years mm-hmm. and that like like you guys were talking about, the genre died out essentially. I mean, yeah. you know. It, <laughs> it died before they went on hiatus. But, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So think about their fan base before that genre died out. Where did that fan base go? Right. What, what kind of music did they migrate to? Yeah. It's not this. Right. They, like, yeah, no. So. They, did, they didn't go. You know, we were wrong about. Co- mm, we were wrong about <laughs> butt rock the whole time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry. About Rooster Rock. <laughs> Rooster um, Rock. <laughs> I, I think that's the thing. No, you're totally right, Matt. And that's. I wonder if they were thinking along the lines either, yeah, of we just want to make the music we want to make. This is what yeah. it is. That I can respect that. Even though it's not music I want to listen to particularly, mm-hmm. that's fine. If, however, it's we want to make new fans and this will dr- bring in new fans and the old fans, they'll stick around because they like us. Whatever. Yeah. Is like, hey, that's really arrogant <laughs> to think that your old fans won't like, you know, will stick around just because. But mm-hmm. then also, I don't think they're in touch with what people, yeah. you know, like i think yeah. part of it to me this song particularly yeah. from the new album because like the new album has some cool songs yeah this song particularly felt like it's a cash grab yeah, yeah. this song to me screamed that the whole album as a whole is we just needed some extra cash mm-hmm. and we knew you know the under oath fan base at large will kind of just eat whatever we put out and yep. so we're just going to kind of put out whatever we want and we're not we're going to spend as little time as possible on it to minimize the cost of it we're going to like i mean produce it fairly well but it's not going to be anything super technical that we have to spend yep. very much time yeah. writing or anything like that the fact that i saw go ahead yep and, and i mean it, it to me it just kind of screamed cash grab yeah and that's again i get that yeah people need money we all have to have money to live i understand <laughs> mm-hmm. the desire for that but this is the kind of thing that you can only do once yeah because right. okay now you've had a cash grab album mm-hmm. if you put out another album it's probably not gonna sell as not, well as that's not okay to, to to go away for four years and yeah. then come back and do a cash grab album i mean i'm, I'm just saying like i mean that to me that's what this sounds like it was sure and i, and I totally get that like as an from an artistic perspective yeah screw that that sucks (laughs) yeah that's terrible and that's a terrible way to treat your fan base from a like people need money standpoint i understand it you're not going to be able to do this again though yeah because your fan base is just going to like be more trepidatious from now on they're they're going to hear like oh you're coming out with a new album hope it's better than the last one (laughs) and i'm going to wait until it's already out and i'm going to read reviews or listen to it on some free platform before i spend any money on Mm -hmm. this yeah for sure and that's i mean i think you're you're right and i'll i'll stop talking about this one so you guys can get on with yours in a second but the fact that i saw the music video for this playing on the big screens at target like based yeah. on where this band <laughs> has been something. and what the genre is and mm-hmm. that like the only other metal ish songs I've seen there are bring me the horizons, newer songs that are like this. And I also thought were sellouts. Not that I even like well, bring me the horizon. They sold out in 2006. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so bring me the horizons, new stuff or like three doors down, which is not metal, but is like, you know, butt rock or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think just goes to show that. Yeah. Whether it was intentional or was just where they wanted to go. And it happened to be something that was popular. Yeah. It definitely seems like that that's was, where the money's at. Yeah. Some dad yeah. rock, man. So, well, but is it? <laughs> that's the thing. Like, it's. I don't. I wonder how much money. Well, it's like yeah, I was saying before. They can we, go on so many more tours now. That's definitely yeah, a thing. That's yeah, fair. they that's could tour true. with more different bands and be more universally accepted on like some other dad rock. Yep. 
bands tour or yep, whatever. Fair but, enough. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, again, I, I get where it. the money it's is. Just, you're gonna drop mm-hmm. me off hard. Yeah. 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 You're real fans. Yeah. You're gonna say sayonara. Well, it's like before we started recording, I was telling you guys that I was camping this weekend, and there was like a group of people blaring Nickelback, like legitimately blaring Nickelback. And I just never thought about the, I I never made the connection that, oh wait, these guys are not like a meme. These guys are a real (laughs) band that people actually pay money to listen to and really care about them. Real money that they work for. (laughs) Spend it on Nickelback. Like, I don't know. Dad Rock. It's it's huge. I mean, it's it's big. People love that stuff and they eat it up. So just because our dumb little brains (laughs) think it's lame. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, what do you guys think? You want to take a quick little break? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it. Hey, and we're back. Um, technically, actually, it's just me. <laughs> so uh, we got about this far into recording it, and then we stopped for the break. And when we came back, we started recording. We did a little game, and uh, Matt went over his examples, and Chad started to go over his, and my computer decided to mess up again um i don't understand what's going on with it and it's fairly frustrating so uh, but it was too late yesterday to keep recording and today's the day that i edit and we didn't have a chance to keep recording it um because our tuesday plans were busy so yeah we record on mondays fun times uh so all that to say that um we kind of brainstormed what to do and decided that you know what we actually had some fairly good conversation in the first hour uh, which is fairly long anyway uh, but decided to kind of just cut it off of there, uh, unfortunately, and that we wouldn't be able to re-record for this for the second bits. So, just to fill you in on a little bit of what happened, in case we ever happen to reference it again, uh, Matt talked about his example, which was Radiohead, and it was really interesting. It was fun to talk about and to talk about how he said he listened to Kid A and OK Computer at some point back in high school and really didn't care about them at all because that was in his phase where he didn't really listen to those kinds of music too much and then went back and listened to their first album and it's not the best album and they uh uh as far as he was concerned but also he seems to think as far as radiohead's concerned as well they don't really particularly care for that first one because it's just not necessarily very true to them in in some other ways but then since then they've just kind of been doing what they want to do and uh we'll not always pander to fans, but rather will sometimes just play the music that they enjoy playing and play their newer music and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a fun conversation. And uh, I also mentioned that that would have actually been one of the options for my sister's pick as well. But um, obviously she w- didn't get to be here this week, so she didn't get to talk about them either. And then um, Chad was gonna was just barely starting to get into talking about mute math, which was his example. Uh, again, we might talk about these in some more detail at a later point in time, um, but we didn't really get a chance to get a gist of what exactly he was going to be saying for that anyway. So I'm very curious, just as much as you are. But all that to say, that, I mean, that's pretty much it for, for where we were at. The game we played was just the opposite name game, uh, which we've played in some other episodes before and is, is a fun old time. But yeah, you might be confused by us saying we are going to take a break and looking at the timestamp and be like, wow, there's only like 10, uh, five, 10 minutes left or so. So that's, that's where we're going to leave it. Um, guys, if you would, even though, you know, this is a weird episode and whatever, if this is your first and that's kind of funny, but go ahead and, you know, leave a rating, uh, subscribe. That would be fantastic. Uh, and we love hearing from you guys. So if you want to comment on anything at, at Joyce Eclectic on social media 
or, um, you know, follow us, like stuff, whatever, or email us at joyseclectic at gmail.com. We'd love to get submissions from you guys. Uh, so, or if you have ideas for topics, we'd love to go over those as well, because that would be really neat. So hope you have a wonderful week and we'll be back next week with hopefully slightly more standard, uh, regularly scheduled stuff, which will be just a grand old time. So yeah, have a fantastic week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.